in 49 states, it's a state fair, but this is Indiana, and that is a true statement, folks. If you don't believe that, you need to come and see the Indiana State Fair and watch these young people. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Cultivated, a podcast delivered by Co-Alliance Cooperative, where we dig into deeper conversations with our employees, our members, and industry partners. My name is Lindsay Sankey, and I am so excited to be the host. I really believe this is a wonderful way to discover the stories and the people that make agriculture in the Midwest so rich. Let's get started. This podcast is also unique. I am really excited to have a co-host with me, something we've never done before. Today, um, Mary Jones, who is a recently retired state FFA officer, is not only joining us as a co-host on the podcast today, so you will hear a bit of a different voice throughout the conversations, but she's also interning with Co-Alliance this summer. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Today, I'm on site at the great Indiana State Fair. You know, the Indiana State Fairgrounds is a nostalgic place. Maybe it's seeing once a year friends across the, stri- across the state or that fourth milkshake from the dairy barn or the walk into the Coliseum. It's just a site packed full of memories that include family and friends and competitors. And it's been this way for many generations. Today, we're sitting down with two people who have critical roles during the Indiana State Fair. First, Mr. Joe Rule sits on the board of directors for the State Fair. After Joe, we'll sit down with Claire Bishop, the 2023 Miss Indiana State Fair Queen. These are two conversations you don't want to miss. Let's do this. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, so we know that and your role on the Indiana State Fair Board you were pulled in a lot of different directions. We're very grateful you could sit down with Co-Alliance for, for a little bit of time. Tell us, uh, what do you do for Co-Alliance? So um, I manage an agronomy branch at Michigan Town uh, Agronomy Store. I started out there when I got out of college. And uh, so I've been with the cooperative for 23 years now at Michigan Town. And then how do you balance the responsibilities of the Indiana State Fair Board and your role at Co-Alliance? Well, first of all, I'm very grateful to Co-Alliance because when I thought about taking this job or this role, the you know, first thing I want to do is talk to the upper management and uh, because it is a very time-committing thing and got very great support to go support Indiana Agriculture, go support Indiana 4-H, and go tell the story about Co-Alliance. So very lucky to have a senior management team that's behind me and backing me in this adventure. We talk a lot about one team at Co-Alliance, and I think people would just be astonished at the support that management gives those who want to get involved at the local or the regional or the state level. So this is a perfect example of that. I would say absolutely, because I've had nothing but 110 support from all angles of upper management to go do this and, and do what we need to do. So tell us, how did you get involved in the Indiana State Fair Board of Directors? What's, what's your path here? So, you know, past 4-H member, me and my wife, and we've always believed that we uh, wanted to give back to 4-H and FFA, and we've done that uh, with our family and our boys. And uh, after 4-H, uh, I got involved in Clinton County 4-H and was on the 4-H Council for 12 years and then um, stepped away from that role 
and then my wife decided we need to be 4-H leaders, and we did that for 10 years. And I stepped away from that last year and stepped into the State Fair Board. Um, had a close friend, uh, Terry Clifford, past president of the State Fair, who was in our District 6 um, on the State Fair Board, and unfortunately he uh, passed away shortly after the State Fair last year, and him and I had talked about uh, potentially running for the spot uh, once he was done and he was willing to help campaign for me and as we did for him when he got started six years ago and I uh, was supposed to get together shortly after this fair last year to get some names and contacts to start this procedure and unfortunately that didn't happen but uh, so we took the ball ourselves and uh, started talking to some people and with uh, senior management's help uh, got endorsed by Indiana Corn and Soybean Board, Indiana Pork Producers, Indiana Farm Bureau, and Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Wow. Uh, letters to the governor and uh, wrote our story and uh, thank God we was chosen to uh, fill his spot and so we've been on the road and trying to tell the story of you know Indiana State Fair, Indiana 4-H and visiting our counties in our district. We have 16 counties in my district and uh, we've been to 13 of those counties this year meeting people and, and trying to tell the story. Are you able to give us kind of a, a mental map of where those counties are located? So my district basically starts uh, north Tippecanoe County and would run down kind of center of the state, uh, Clinton, Boone, Hendricks, Monroe, and then cut down Bloomington across to Sullivan County, then back up the west side and everything in that geography that's huge it's very big it's very big um help us understand and and the listeners understand what does the indiana state fair board do what do your responsibilities entail so a lot of people get confused by that i'm glad you asked because the indiana state fair board we are in charge of the indiana state fair what goes on during the fair here day to day and planning for that the state fair commission who sits alongside us is responsible for the facility fairgrounds year round and does stuff outside the fair plus support us during the fair. Okay, I, I'm glad to hear that because I never understood the difference in the two. So very different responsibilities. Right, yes. So day to day at the fair in these 18 days and a few in July and all of in August, um, what, do, what do you have to do as a board member? So. Uh, each of us has different roles and responsibilities, and uh, they're assigned by the State Fair team and president of the State Fair uh, Fair Board. Um, my roles this year is um, I'm kind of overseeing the horticulture, Indiana arts, and the front of the Coliseum, which is new this year. We've moved the vegetables out of the horticulture building, the open class vegetables, over to the front of the Coliseum and made a display there in the air conditioning uh, on Main Street to people to come in and see those. Uh, and the horticulture building has uh, the Christmas trees and uh, the cheese carving, which is a huge thing here at the State Fair, taking 600-pound blocks of cheese and making a sculpture. Um, and then there's a lot of mercantile in there for sale. The Indiana Grown stores in there where people from Indiana who produce stuff uh, can put it in that store and sell. So it's just a very... Uh, good building to come. They're all air conditioned to see things and the arts building has a lot of the exhibits and uh, things like that for the youth in there. The addition of the the displays in the front of the Coliseum, 
is remarkable. So I went in there last weekend and it was like, oh, this isn't usually in there. And the amount of people that were in there admiring entries from all around the state is really cool. So I commend the board and whomever made that decision to move that stuff into the Coliseum because you brought that those outdoor exhibits, those beautiful flowers and gourds and pumpkins and that kind of thing to the main street of the state fair where everyone could see it uh, without a trip around the track. And so that was a, a really cool and unique touch this year. Yeah, it was a space that really wasn't getting utilized to its full potential. And being on main street, you know, we had a little bit of pushback there um, from the exhibitors and from the uh, different barn personnel, you know, you're moving us again and we're gonna be in three barns. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable, but you know, with change, we can't get better unless we make change. And um, I think looking back now and the way we've decorated and the marketing team, the way they sculptured the uh, big vegetables and stuff is just mm -hmm. really a neat touch. And if you have not seen it, I would encourage you to come and walk through that because it's been very eye-opening to me because to be honest with you, I'm a livestock person and I never was in some of these buildings and just amazed at the vegetables and, and how nice the display and how well the vegetables are that come in here and, and some of the things that um, we don't normally take a look at. And I would encourage all of you to spend some time outside of your comfort zone, whether that's a sheep barn, hog barn, cattle barn, uh, Pioneer Village, wherever you come to the fair, step out and pick out something new to try. That's wonderful advice. So within all of your responsibilities at the State Fair, that definitely keeps you busy throughout these three weeks. So when you have the chance to kind of sit back and enjoy the fair yourself, what's your favorite event or spot on the fairgrounds that you love to check out? Well, there's lots of spots, and I've been guilty, as my wife said, uh, you know, we never go to these spots. And yesterday was a prime example. We went to the Pioneer Village, and uh, she said, if you went on the fair board, you wouldn't be over here. And I said, well, that's probably right. So... The Piner Village, you know, with agriculture and the way our ancestors farmed and stuff is just incredible. And some of the old equipment that they used and how they did it and how manual labor and, and intensive farming was back in that generation and era is just amazing to me, you know, to watch them cut boards with a big stationary saw or how they farmed back then working ground with horses and, and everything. So I guess the Pioneer Village is... is pretty neat for me to, to sit back and walk through and watch them, the blacksmith making horse pieces or wagon wheels or whatever they're making and the coppersmith and uh, just a lot of neat history there that never really thought about how much time it took to, to make some of that stuff back in the day. Yeah, so we've talked a lot about with Co-Alliance. In 49 other states, it's just a state fair, but this is Indiana. So what do you think it is that makes Indiana so unique as a state fair? Indiana has just uh, got the prestige of a state fair, you know, not only livestock, but the state fair in general. Um, the crowds we draw in, the way this state fair is ran, and uh, how we handle things. And in the 4-H aspect of it, you know, there's a slogan, you know, everybody wants to get to the dirt, get to the red dirt in the Coliseum. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, unfortunately, just a few few kids can do that. And uh, I wish there's a way where everybody could experience that, but uh, that's part of the prestige of getting that uh, champion bearer or guild or steer or heifer or whatever the case may be to get you to the Coliseum and go show on the dirt. And uh, 
I know my boys was very lucky to get an opportunity to do that, and it's just uh, surreal once you get on the on the floor and then look up in that stands and see all the crowd and and they introduce your son or daughter, and it's just uh, makes the hair on the back of your neck really stand up, and it's a proud moment. Were you a 4-H member as well? I was. Me and my wife both was 10-year 4-H members. Uh, started out showing cattle, swine, and sheep. Uh, after about three years, uh, decided not to do the cattle project anymore. Uh, showed sheep and uh, hogs all through 10 years and uh, was very blessed to win a lot of stuff. And in 1983, I was lucky enough to have uh, – Grand Barrow here at the Indiana State Fair. Wow, wow, that's awesome. I never knew that about you. How would you say 4-H overall has maybe impacted the person you are today or the role that you serve in now? Well, I think 4-H is just such a great organization, and, and uh, unfortunately, you know, today kids are torn so many different ways, whether it be sports, whether it be 4-H, FFA, or, or something else. And 4-H is a program that I think, along with FFA, is – so key to the ag industry and molding our young talent um, to be able to face people, go out and speak, meet people, and the responsibility that teaches these kids, you know, taking care of livestock, taking care of making your 4-H project, you know, not only if it's livestock, maybe it's a baking project, but I think there's so many life skills that um, 4-H and FFA bring to the table for these young people. Um, I know in our county fair, for example, there's a contest that's a, a, a barbecue contest, and uh, I made my boys do it, and uh, today they still talk about it because at the time we asked them to do it, they're like, we don't want to do that, Dad. But the life skills it taught them, and, and it's everyday, you know, basic grilling instructions, safety, food preparation as far as getting food cooked properly and stuff, just so many things that 4-H teaches young people today that they'll carry with them for life uh, to, to meet people and do things. A lot of those special events also happen at the State Fair. So what would you say out of those different things that are featured during these couple weeks at the State Fair is something that fairgoers need to go check out? Well, it's passionate to me, and it's probably because I'm livestock. I mean, there's nothing like the, the grand drive on Sunday evening here this week uh, coming up, and then the champion uh, deal the next weekend with all the uh, gilts and heifers and stuff those two moments in the coliseum um, is just so surreal for so many families and and people to get to come and see that and you know with technology today we you know we can we're broadcasting on walton webcasting so it's in so many states and, and we hear so much feedback you know from people about oh my the indiana state fair is just over the top how you guys provide and do that for those kids and then that's something I look forward to each year because the program changes and we really try to spice it up and, and make that a very special event to um, these young people. So we would be missing out on a huge opportunity if we didn't link that, what you just said, up with the new facility on the Indiana State Fairgrounds. Can you talk to us about the Indiana Farm Bureau Fall Creek Pavilion? Yeah, it's just, I mean, if you have not seen it, I encourage you, if you do nothing else, to come and see that facility. Uh, thanks, so thankful to the governor and uh, legislator and their staff for appropriating that kind of money to put that kind of facility at the Great Indiana State Fair. You know, the old barn was very nice in its day, served its purpose, but we have stepped into the next phase of agriculture 
And, uh, you know, people are already uh, talking all across the U.S. that's seen pictures and stuff. Can't wait to come to Indiana to exhibit hogs or come to a national show here. Uh, we've just signed at the National Swine Registry. The exposition is going to be here in 24 and 25, and that will bring, you know, 23 to 26, 27 states of kids and breeders here in Indiana. Um, it's just a state-of-the-art facility and ties this campus together and some more barns to be able to utilize it for not only livestock but um, sporting events and, you know, the track and field division, uh, NCAA Division II National Championship is going to be in that barn next year. Uh, you know, we've purchased a 200-meter track, and so, so excited to be such a diverse barn and to be able to be used. It's air-conditioned and just a, a state-of-the-art facility that just puts things over the top. What struck me about that barn is the natural light that comes in. Is it right? There's 13 huge overhead doors that are full glass allowing light all throughout the day to hit every area of that barn every corner there is it's just uh, the way they designed it the the south end has got big doors a lot of glass the overhead doors on the south and east end for unloading um, it's just incredible the open feeling and, and you know the light it lets in and and then for them to be able to keep the front facade of the old hog barn that has over 100 years of, of history there and redo that, you know, they sandblasted and retuck pointed all those bricks and, and the pig murals in the limestone in the front of the barn. I didn't even realize there was a, a colored clay tile up there until after they sandblasted because it was so dingy and dirty. It's just amazing the way that prestige and keeping that heritage. And then as you walk in the door, the barrel ceilings, um, the old barn that was all mm -hmm. rotted out, you never really knew it. But the way that barn was first built, they took wood out of the old barn, we sent it off and had it milled back down and reused that old wood in those barrels and in the entryway of that front barn to keep that old look and, and to really set it apart from anything in a country and still have the history. It's like walking into a time capsule when you walk in because it feels like home. It feels like the swine barn we've always known and the barrels across the top is just that wood is beautiful. And then it's like walking into the future. It's, it truly is remarkable. Yeah, and being able, we put the, the mezzanine there so the uh, fairgoers could come in and, and with their strollers and young families and see the sows and litters. And thank you to Farm Bureau for the educational um, booths and, and displays that the kids can walk through and do trivia and play games and take pictures with pigs and everything and then hats off to Purdue for bringing in the live pigs from the you know, little wieners to the growers to the big pigs and every day the like two or three times a day they're doing ultrasounding on the for back fat on the market hogs and doing some ultrasounding on um, pregnant sows to show the young kids uh, looking at the baby pigs inside the sow and stuff so it's very educational on all barns uh, Purdue stepped up and doing a display with animals in each respective barn to be educational for these young people and teach our young people where food comes from, how things are treated, because there's such a misconception that the food comes from the store. And so many of them doesn't realize that without our American farmers, you know, we would be in serious trouble on our food supply. And, uh, and then also, you know, taking care of livestock. You know, a lot of them have no idea. They think they stink, they're dirty. And once they see them and want everything, 
try to change the perspective of the American people. I think that's why Co-Alliance invests so much in the Indiana State Fair, because we find value in that education and reaching anyone from 38th Street of Indianapolis to the rural route in Knox County, Indiana, you know, so we're trying to be all over the board. Can you describe to us um, how you feel as a, a Co-Alliance employee who sees the investment that the cooperative has made here at the Indiana State Fair? Well, I, hats off to Co-Alliance because there's nobody else that stepped up uh, like Co-Alliance has in the sponsorship and what they have done. And it starts at county levels, and they've been very helpful there and very helpful here at the State Fair, you know, from simple things like back card numbers of exhibitors, the tags above the pins, um, advertisements on the jumbotrons outside the new hog barn, uh, inside the new hog barn, two very nice pictures, a painted mural, and then another uh, advertisement there supporting 4-H'ers. And I was flipping through my Snapchats the other day and I seen a good friend that, uh, on his story. In one of the murals, if you haven't seen it, uh, there's gonna be some stickers coming out. And, and in 49 states, it's a state fair, but this is Indiana. And that is a true statement, folks. If you don't believe that, you need to come and see the Indiana State Fair and watch these young people. And then also moving on to, you know, what Coal Alliance does for the fuel they sponsor for the tractors for us on the shuttle buses to move people around the State Fair, provides all the LP for all the vendors on the State Fair, uh, all the concessionaires to cook food for everybody. So Coal Alliance has got their hand in a tremendous amount here at the Indiana State Fair and we're very appreciative of the dollars and investment that they've stepped up to help support not only our customers at the State Fair, but Coal Alliance customers who exhibit here and do things to help our families. Absolutely, and I know it's a big undertaking, but there's a great sense of pride in seeing the brand everywhere in the really important places, feeding people. Yes. You know, every, every food concession truck or vendor here is using Co-Alliance propane. I mean, helping people get around to see all the sites through those tractors. It's it's a, a wide-reaching effort, so I'm glad that's being noticed. And even the, even the golf carts that you see here on the fairgrounds yeah. is powered by Co-Alliance uh, gasoline. So yeah. it's kind of like back in time, you go over to the backside of the fairgrounds, and it's like a full-service station. They raise your seat, fill your <laughs> gas, and you just uh, let them do everything. So, yeah, thank you to Co-Alliance for that, too. Absolutely. Hey, Joe, I don't know if you have ever listened to our podcast. I'm going to assume yes. I'm just going to make the assumption you're a regular listener. But we end every podcast with a few fast questions. And what we do here is we ask you just a handful of fast questions, and you have to answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Mary's going to handle this portion of the interview. Don't keep her stalled. Let's keep this moving. Ready? Go. Okay, you ready? What's your favorite fair food? Pork chop. What is your favorite place on the fairgrounds? Swine barn. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Do everything you can to the best of your ability and don't quit in midstream. Do you have a useless talent? Uh, I'm sure I do, but I consider myself pretty well balanced, so I'm going to say no. Very good. Joe, you are a busy man. You've got a ton of responsibilities in Michigan Town Agronomy. You've got a ton of responsibilities at the co-op here at the Indiana State Fair. As a, a swine uh, enthusiast, as an Indiana State Fair board member, thank you. Thank you for sitting down with us today. 
Thank you for the opportunity and appreciate it. Absolutely. I think one of the key takeaways I had from this conversation is don't be afraid of change and also embrace heritage. So I know we talked about the Swine Barn, but also your growing up in the 4-H organization, taking on different responsibilities to make this uh, organization thrive, whether that's at the local county level or at this state fair board member you, uh, you know how to embrace change, and some of us, me, don't appreciate that as much as maybe you do. So thanks for that good lesson to me today. Yeah, it's a, change is never comfortable, never comfortable. But um, in today's world, to make things better, unfortunately, we have to make change, and we have to get out of our comfort zone and push the envelope. That's why you're here. Yeah, I guess so. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you. Okay, Claire, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Good. Tell us about yourself. Um, who is Claire Bishop? Yeah, uh, well, I'm Claire. Obviously, you just said that. I am 18 years old. I just graduated high school from Greenfield Central. Um, in the fall, I'll be going to Purdue University to study brain and behavioral sciences with a double major in interpersonal communications. Um, growing up, I was actually homeschooled up until freshman year, so I have a, a different educational background, but I'm excited for college in the fall for sure. Um, uh, growing up, I also I competed in competitive VEX robotics for 10 years. That's a fun fact about me. I didn't play sports, but I did robotics, so that was a lot of fun. I sing in choir. I play three different instruments. I'm also a 10-year 4-H member where I show, show four different species of livestock, and I compete in about 10 general projects a year. So this year, I will be finishing my 10th year with about 250 4-H projects. Wow. <laughs> it's been an exciting year for sure. What has been your favorite project in those 10 years? My favorite general project would be sewing and fashion review. I've done that for all 10 years and definitely a difficult project. Like my sewing outfits have not always been fun or easy, but it's always been enjoyable and competing at county and at state for fashion review and sewing construction has been one of my favorite parts of all 10 years of 4-H. But my favorite livestock species would have to be swine. I've shown swine almost all 10 years. I lived in a neighborhood growing up, so I didn't show for the first two years, but swine is my favorite animal for sure. <laughs> so what loves, what livestock will you have here and then what other projects do you have at the state fair this year? Yeah, I will be showing my swine here, so barrows and gilts, and I'll be showing my heifer, my beef heifer, and two goats. Um, hopefully all of those species, but they all show on one day, so my siblings and I will be running back and forth between all the barns. <laughs> and then I'll be doing, um, I brought sewing construction and then consumer clothing notebook, and I'll be doing verbal communications as well. Okay, we have a lot to <laughs> I have a lot of questions, and none of them are what I wrote down. Um, so how, how are you balancing actually being a 4-H'er <laughs> with projects on site that actually need food and water in their, pin, their stalls cleaned and being the state fair queen? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. All summer has kind of been this like juggling of different responsibilities because, you know, I graduated on June 3rd and by June 4th, I was already in Du Bois County traveling for state fair duties. So all summer, we've really had to work as a family to get all of the barn chores and all of the responsibilities still done. And I'm super thankful that my family stepped up and was willing to help. I have four siblings, one older and three younger. So my three younger siblings are still in 4-H and they have animals of their own. So that definitely helped a little bit because they were already doing chores. So what's a couple more animals to do? But um, definitely this morning, I mean, we got here early and I had to feed my pigs and water my pigs and, you know, make sure they were okay. So it's doing chores with a crown and sash on. It's doing chores with a nice pair of shoes on. And it's those different sacrifices that I just have had to make throughout the summer. And I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, I'm so glad that 
as a state for queen, I can also represent 4-H and agriculture in our state because yes. it is so important to me. And a lot of times when you see a crown and sash or you see a queen, you expect a certain type of figure. Like you expect this really poised and elegant and pretty young woman. And but I'm not saying that I'm not, but I am saying that I'm not afraid to get down and dirty with my animals, even in a dress or in nice shoes. So that's been really fun this summer, um, kind of digging into that and showing, you know, this state that you can wear a crown and you can still do 4-H and you can still show your animals and you can make it work. You can do 4-H and be the state fair queen, but definitely long days, late nights, not a lot of sleep, but it's okay. I'll sleep when I get to college, right? So <laughs> that's what I keep telling myself. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. It's but not true. It's not true. <laughs> like that right I'll now. sleep at some point in my life. That's okay. Well, that's amazing. So already you are learning balance and that is such a critical role in life after you are turned out of, um, of your homestead with your parents who might have a very strict schedule with you. I appreciate how you're learning to balance not only your time between these duties, but finding valuable partners, yes. your siblings, who siblings. will help you. Yeah. Yes. And as you go through life, I think you're going to find there's a lot of value in that, um, yes. finding teammates that can help. So way to go. I love big, that. <laughs> big life lessons here at the state fair. Um, what do your responsibilities as state fair queen look like? So not as a 4-H'er necessarily, yep. <laughs> but as the queen. So I am serving as the official hostess of the 2023 Indiana State Fair. So what that means is morning tonight, I'm going to a lot of the, a lot of the different events throughout the state fair. So um, like I go to the pig races and I go to the free stage concerts every night and I go to the livestock shows and I go to the pogo stick dancers and, you know, all of that. So um, every day at the state fair is a little bit different. There's, you know, some activities that are always the same, always there, but every day is a little bit different. You know, we're walking a lot, we're visiting a lot, we're meeting a lot of new people. And yeah, it's been so much fun so far. I think we've walked 50 miles in four days. So that, that's been quite the exercise, but I love getting to meet all the new faces, um, inspiring the youth. That's probably one of my favorite parts is meeting all the little girls because they just look up to you like you're the queen of England. I'm like, not really, but I'll, I'll take the title. <laughs> but yes, so attending all the different events, um, walking around the fair, eating the fair food. Can't forget about that. <laughs> but yes. So what made you decide to run for Hancock County 4-H Fair Queen? Yeah, so as a 4-H myself, you know, I grew up around 4-H and I grew up around the fair and even before I was in third grade where I was able to do my own 4-H projects I grew up going to my dad's county fair because he was a 10-year 4-H member so he'd always go and watch and see all the queens and I think um, from a young age I just learned that the queens were a role model in the community and they represented more than just a crown and sash that so they represented 4-H and they represented their fair in their community and in my county Hancock County the, the fair queen is actually the 4-H fair queen. So it is, you are a 4-H ambassador in addition to being the fair queen. So I decided to run for Hancock County 4-H fair queen um, a couple years ago for the first time because it's an opportunity to represent those things and serve the community. And of course I wanted a front seat to watch all the livestock shows in my community. That was one of my favorite parts. But those are the reasons I, I chose to run in the first place. And the first year I ran, I placed on the court. I was only 16. And then after my junior year of high school, I won the title of Fair Queen, which is so exciting. And I double dutied as well. I was showing my own animals and representing as queen. But I loved that because, you know, I could, in my free time from showing, I'd be in the show ring in my jeans, my show shirt with my crown and sash on, passing out ribbons and congratulating 4-H'ers. And that's, that's really what inspired me to run in the first place because I would be the 
the 4 H are handed ribbons by the fair queen, I'd look up to her and be like, oh my gosh, like I want to be her one day. So it was so cool last year being able to do that. Running for a state fair title was incredible. And, you know, being crowned the state fair queen was, I didn't imagine it. I could never have expected myself to be doing this, but it's been such a rewarding and fulfilling summer for sure. So I'm sure you were nervous as you <laughs> ran for county fair queen. Yes. And then exceptionally nervous. Or, most people would be. I don't know if you were. <laughs> um, at the state fair level, what advice do you have for young ladies that might want to do something like this, but the nerves are there? Yeah, I just say try it. Like, just go big, you know, just step outside your comfort zone and try it. You know, as a 4 h myself, I didn't expect to ever be doing something like, like I didn't see myself wearing heels and dresses all the time. Not at all. You know, I'm comfortable in my show jeans and my, my hey dudes and, you know, the dirt. But um, I kind of just pushed myself outside of my comfort zone to try doing it because it's such a great opportunity to grow as a person and grow in your communication skills mm-hmm. and your leadership and your responsibility and, you know, the balance that we were just talking about. And I just encourage anyone who's who's not sure and who's a little bit nervous, maybe it's not quite your thing, just to try it because there's so many things that you can co- take out of this experience that don't have anything to do with like a pageant or anything to do yeah. with like the glitz and the glam. Like there's so many opportunities and experiences that I truly believe that you don't get anywhere else. So I encourage any little girl or any older girl as well just to try it and to um, dream big because you never know what's going to happen. So you said yourself, there's so many different things at the state fair. Every day is a little bit different. So what event um, are you most looking forward to kind of coming up in the next few weeks? For sure. Good question. There's a lot. It's hard for me to pick just one. One of the things that I'm very excited for is the Toby Mac concert, the free stage show. I don't know if you guys know who Toby Mac is, but he was one of my favorite childhood artists listening, listening to. So he's coming to the state fair August 6th to um, sing on the free stage. I'm super excited for that. That same night actually is the Grand Drive. And the Grand Drive has been so special to me and my family for the last 40 years. So I'm excited for that as well and being on the dirt and passing out ribbons to the winners right after they, they find out that their animal won. That'll be really exciting as well. So the Grand Drive and the Toby Mac concert for sure. That's in the foreseeable future. But definitely in a couple of weeks, it's Queen's Day where all the county queens will come out to the state fair. I'm excited for that. And I don't want to think about the last week of the fair yet because I don't want it to be over. But in the foreseeable future, those are the three events I'm excited for. Those sound pretty fun. <laughs> so who has been like your biggest supporter throughout the process of running for your county fair queen, state fair, and then kind of during your reign so far? Yeah, so that's a good question. There's so many. And my speech at State Fair is actually about how it takes a village of people to achieve success in your life. And I wrote that speech and gave that speech without knowing that I was going to win. But after I won, it was very apparent to me the, the army of supporters I had. So honorable mentions would have to be my siblings. I mean, they are doing all the grunt work at home. They're, they're taking the, the animals for me, which is super helpful. Um, but I really think my biggest supporters probably have my dad and um, my mom and my dad. But my dad especially because he was the one, you know, I do animals with him. and We've shown together and he's, he's been kind of my mentor through all of the, the animals and the livestock and I was nervous after I won State Fair Queen because I didn't know what that was going to mean for my animals at county or at state because I really wanted to end my 10th year strong with my my, life, my livestock projects. And as soon as I won, he was like, nope, we'll figure it out. You're still going to show. We're going to work together. We're going to accomplish this. And, you know, from the very beginning, that was kind of his his saying. And he was like, we'll figure it out. My parents kept telling me, like, everything is figureoutable. Like, I know that's not a word, but that was their their signature phrase. And throughout the whole summer, 
my dad has been so supportive and so helpful. Um, he'd do my barn chores. He'd make sure I didn't have to get up super early after a late night appearance. So he'd walk my pigs for me, which is very helpful. <laughs> um, he'd, he'd really help throughout the entire summer. And he actually traveled to most of the county fairs with me as well. So my dad tried, he likes to tell people, he's like, he tried like 40 different milkshakes from all the different county fairs and he has his <laughs> favorite. So if you need to know where to get a good milkshake, he'll, he'll be able to tell you. But I think he's enjoyed it just as much as I have. But he's definitely been a backbone throughout this entire process. I'm sure hopefully he has a ranking on the dairy bar milkshakes too. <laughs> See where yeah. those rank in it. Yes. <laughs> and for all sure. the new grilled cheese sandwiches. I know. It's not just cheddar on wheat anymore. I know. There's a lot of there's options. Like a, there's like a pepper jack on. That one was good. I had that the yeah. other day. That was very good. And the Italian with pesto. Yes. So good. And then you get a little, um, the marinara sauce with it too. Yes. Just, you can't get any better. <laughs> That's like a classic fair meal for me. It's a go-to. Uh, maybe it's just me. And my, my teammates always made fun of me for this, but it's called cheese toasties in our area. And so nobody else has ever really heard that. But that's, that's I thought weird. it was so weird Mary. to call what it grilled they? cheese. <laughs> it, oh, it's, it's a grilled cheese, oh. but we call it cheese toasties. And I never realized that that was <laughs> anything different outside of that. Cheese toasties. Okay. Yeah, that's a cheese it. I Where think are you from again? Yeah, I know. That's, I was thinking cheese it. Yeah, no. I wasn't thinking grilled cheese. County, everybody that I know, we call it a cheese toasty. That's what I've kind of called it growing up. Are you from Indiana? Are you okay? <laughs> Is everything okay? Yeah, exactly. It's. I never really thought about grilled cheese. But I will never not eat a grilled cheese. <laughs> I will never eat a grilled cheese and not think of. I'm Mary glad Jones. you could think of that. Yeah. So there you go. Any good new fairs, you get a new one. Hopefully, you think of a cheese toasty. This okay. Time. Good to know. Yeah, we'll have to go to the dairy bar later and get a cheese toasty. Cheese toasty. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so, out of everything you've done so far as fair queen, what's been your most favorite thing? Mm. It's hard, and I say it's hard not because I don't have favorites. It's because I have so many memories, and they're hard to compare to each other. So I definitely think one of my favorites would have to be the auction night at my county fair. So I was a 10-year 4-H member, so I walked through the auction one last time as a 4-H'er and a state fair queen. So at the beginning of it, they had me welcome everyone, and I said the, you know, national, or not national anthem, the pledges and all of that. And it was a really sweet moment because my community kind of just came around me and supported me, not as just fair queen, but also as a 10-year 4-H member. So that was a really special moment for me. Another one of my favorites was Kosciuszko County. So that's where my dad grew up and where he's from. So it's like a second home. That's the fair I grew up going to. It wasn't Hancock County, like before third grade. It was Kosciuszko County. So being able to go to that, not only did the Queens and the court members welcome me so graciously, but their entire community, like they know me from like diaper Claire when like they'd be changing the diapers in the cattle stalls. Like that's the, the Claire that most of them knew, but it's really cool to go back and see them all 18 years later and be like, hi, I'm Claire. Um, so that was really fun. That was a fun evening. And um, the other one was definitely the opening day of the state fair. I think we got here at like 4.30 in the morning or something for all the interviews and, you know, opening ceremonies. Um, so it was an early day. It was a long day. I think we walked almost 20 miles. But that was so special just to see the opening of the fair from the insides. Like I've always been here on opening day, but never as state fair queen. So that was a really special day as well. I could keep talking about all the different <laughs> memories, but that and then, of course, putting my crown on all the little girls has been a favorite no matter where I go. So that for sure. And you have a few more months, so I'm sure you'll add some to that list as well. Yeah. Yes, sure. I know. We're not talking about the end of the fair yet, but we'll talk about the next week or two, right? Yes. So in your opinion, what makes the Indiana State Fair unique? What about our State Fair makes it special? 
The Indian Estate Fair is so unique in the fact that there are so many different things you can come and see. You can come and shoot hoops at the Hoop Fest event this year. You can walk through the livestock barns. You can show animals. You can do fashion review on this stage in the 4-H exhibit buildings. Um, you can grab fair food. You can ride the Midway. You can walk through the Indiana Arts Building and see all of those different things. But, you know, you can come from all different walks of life and still be united as an Indiana community. And I think that's really special because you don't have to be the same to all be friends and to be a family. So I've felt that, especially walking around this state fair and greeting everyone, that you know there might be someone here from the middle of Indy who's never been on a farm before, and they can connect and relate to people who live on a farm and have been in a farm family for four or five generations. I think it's unique to see that because we can all learn something from everyone and still unite under the fact that we're all Hoosiers or Boilermakers, but you know we all live in <laughs> Indiana, so that's been really cool. I agree with that completely. So we spent some time um, in the cattle barn last mm -hmm. weekend as a family and the amount of people that quite obviously did not come from a farm yeah. background that oh, moved yeah. through that barn and stop and take pictures. And I sat there and I thought, um, rather than finding that annoying, I thought there's no other place that our kids yeah. are going to experience someone of different nationalities so close to the animals that we raised. Yeah. And why not take this opportunity to have our children go up and invite them to, to see the animals so closely because they're not going to get that at our county fair mm -mm. but they get that at the state fair yeah and so i i agree with you completely i think having it in the heart of india the traffic's not always yeah. favorable right <laughs> but we get a we get to experience a whole new demographic so yeah similar to that last night my barrows loaded into the state fair so my family brought them for me it was nice i was at the fair and i got to go see them once they got here but I was standing there just kind of hanging out with my family and watering my animals and stuff. And this little girl came up to me and I was in, I was in with the pig kind of brushing him off and, you know, cleaning him up. And she came up to me and she was asking me questions about my pig. She goes, is it a boy or is it a girl? And I told her, she was, she's probably three or four. She goes, okay, can I have babies? I was like, no, it's a boy. It can't have babies. <laughs> but I was teaching her about this animal and kind of telling her about how he raised him and how, you know, what he eats and just like simple basic things that I don't think about on a daily basis just because it's like a routine. But to her, it was immaculate. She was like, wait, so you're a queen with a pig? I was like, yep, <laughs> I'm a queen with a pig. And that was so special to me because she had not been around pigs before nor had she really been around a queen before. So being able to be that first introduction to her, not only to agriculture, but also to being queen and what that can look like, that was that was a super special moment. And that kind of just represents what the State Fair is to me. It's this blending of all different backgrounds where we can all learn and grow together. What's your best advice for a first-time visitor to the State Fair? Take it easy. <laughs> Drink water, for sure. There's a lot to see and a lot to do, and it's hard to see it all in a day. So definitely, like, ride the trolley. Don't don't stress yourself out too much walking. But try to go visit as many things as you can. Walk through the barns and see the agriculture in our state and celebrate the Fortress hard work. But also enjoy the food. Enjoy, the like, the fellowship. There's a lot. You know, the FFA pavilion in the back. I know, Mary, I'm sure you know so much about that, more than I do. <laughs> many hours later. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then you have you know the hoop fest and the basketball in the back so I just encourage anyone who has been before or never has been before to take a lap they call it the greatest mile that you'll ever walk in the state of Indiana is the lap around the state fair you know just enjoy your time here because they only last for 18 days but we'll make it the best 18 days ever absolutely um, I don't know if you've ever listened to our podcast, but we end it with fast questions. And these are just really quick, okay. fun questions that you have to think on your feet and answer the first thing that comes to mind. 
Okay, the girls are laughing, so I'm not <laughs> well, sure if I should be scared or excited. You should not be <laughs> either. Um, <laughs> neither. Um, but I'm going to let Mary ask these of you. But yeah, okay, it's the so first just thing like, that comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. go, Mary. Ready? We got this. Yes. Okay. What's your favorite fair food? Pickle pizza. What's your favorite place on the fairgrounds? The Swine Barn. Or the Indiana Farm Bureau Fall Creek Pavilion. There you or go. the new Swine Barn. <laughs> what advice would you give to a first year 4-H member? Dream big because you never know what's going to happen and you have 10 amazing years ahead of you and cherish every single moment because it goes so fast. Do you have a useless talent? Ooh, um, a useless talent maybe. I don't know if this is considered a talent, but like my thumbs are like sometimes double jointed. So like that's kind of cool. It can freak some people out, but (laughs) I don't know if that's a talent. Makes you unique. Right. Something like that. Claire, thank you. It has been so wonderful to catch up with you. I'm so grateful we got just a few minutes to sit down together. Um, You have taught me in this brief conversation about finding and enjoying the little moments that make life really big. So just a county fair auction, the value you found in that and being in your home base with your home people. Um, And then also I took away the value of finding a team that supports you. Yes. Thank you for um, including the people that make up your story. I'm happy to hear about your family connections and Kosciuszko County even. We wish you the best at Co-Alliance. We are cheering you on. We've been cheering you on from Hancock County um, and across, across our trade territory. So good luck these next two weeks, two and a half weeks. Enjoy Toby Mac. And we'll see you at the Grand Drive. Yes. <laughs> and um, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been fun.